Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. You know, it's a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. That's where we broadcast. Surrounded by guards with guns. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Mm, the border again, I think. Mm. I don't know. Do you have a better idea? Oh, you know, depends on how classic talk radio you want to be. You could have made Gun this, control. You could have made the Second Amendment the general manager. That would have been good. You could, as a result of the Second Amendment, made the filibuster the general manager, although I still don't have a sense of how much people are paying attention to that. Uh, but it's a pretty fairly big deal. It's all I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure your... I've ever had a single human brain being discuss it in my real life. Uh, now that you mention me. that, no. No, that has never come up with a normal human being ever. So that's my answer right there. And answers that question. I mean, I, nobody's talking about it with me. I'm just speaking to myself about it all uh, the time. That dang filibuster. Thank God for the filibuster. <laughs> you know One what I'd two. say. Um, and uh, well, so if we wanted to have a silly general manager, we could have gone with Mike Tyson, who's going to oh. fight Evander Holyfield. No, I will not dignify that, even with a joke. You won't. No. Wow, I would. Not. I would pay to watch that. I would. I'll actually. It all depends on what it costs. I wouldn't pay sixty bucks to watch it. You'd, you'd pay bucks. to watch old I'd people pay. beat each other. I'd pay to it. I have. <laughs> would and have. <laughs> I would uh, I would pay $25. That's my limit, I think, for watching Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield fight. Guessing over on the price. You think it'll be more than that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'll just have to forty nine ninety five. Oh, no, I'm not paying 50 bucks. No. Although you'll probably need Positive Sean to help you get the stream going anyway, so have him come over, split the cost. <laughs> to watch two old men lean on each other? That, uh, that doesn't seem like $50 worth of entertainment to me. I mean, get, do I get promised a body biting? Will, will Mike Tyson bite off part of his body? That's the one of the weird things about this. These are the two participants from the famous ear-biting fight from 25 years ago. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> and now for, for shiggles, as old men, they're going to lean on each other to make a little extra cash. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I won't dignify it with even a joke. In the undercard, a couple of 80-year-old women will beat each other with canes. You don't think they'll take have full pride in, and they want to win and they'll like beat each other best they can as old men? Maybe, but it's going to be terrible, mediocre boxing at best. I mean, I have no idea what kind of shape Evander Holyfield is in. He could have let himself go, whereas Mike Tyson is uh, in very, very good shape for a guy in his 50s. Absolutely. Absolutely true. But Ed, So Ed, why isn't guys in their 50s boxing big already? <laughs> because it's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, do you ever watch the senior golf circuit? I do. And that's not them at their best. It's just it's exciting to see the names, right? All right, go ahead. Spend your money. What are you? No, I told you I'm not. I told you I'm not. Fifty bucks is too much. It's an embarrassment. It's the final days of the Roman Empire type entertainment. It is pretty close to that. Terrible. Old men leaning on each other. Yeah. You got any lions? Any Christians? Let's uh, let's get this party started. Um, I won't have it. 
So back to the actual general manager that you mentioned, the border continues to get worse. ABC reporting that there are now 4,000 children in that one facility that's designed for 250. They still will not allow the media in. Uh, That's a heck of a deal. Wow. 4,000? Yeah. It's pretty awful. But the ABC report last night, man, this one got me more than any other have. She was interviewing these cuter than heck little kids. I mean, just the cutest little kids you've seen. Mm-hmm. And all they know is to walk this direction. And when they see a grown-up, hand this phone number to them. And they've been walking for days. Wow. And they got the little phone numbers sewed into their jacket like your mom does with your, your name when you go to school when you're a little kid. But they're trying to get across the U.S. border to start a new life. You know, that's the, but the reality is there are cute little kids like that all over the dang world that want to come into the United States. And the reality sure. is we can't let them all in. And we have to be grown-ups and decide who we want in and how many and what the process is going to be and stick to it. And then we need to send the message loud, queer, uh, clear, and unequivocal that do not send your kids like that because they're not getting in. It doesn't work. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, a, it's a dry hole. Don't do it. It's something. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. It's teamwork that makes the dream work. Uh, there's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, not poached or boiled. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Evander Holyfield goes to get revenge on Tyson by biting him, and his teeth fall out. Because, you know, he's got dentures. And, of course, the fight has to be at 4 p.m. because they got to be home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> of course, these old men we're talking about. Tyson's 50-what? Uh, Tyson, 54, and Evander Holyfield is uh, 58. Okay. They're in their 50s. It's not like they're in their 80s. But... No. Um, there Pushing is... 60, though? Come on. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Now, remember, Mike Tyson just came off a quote-unquote draw in a exhibition match <laughs> with Roy Jones Jr. Uh, just a couple months ago, actually, I think. Uh, Did they throw any actual punches? Uh, yeah, yeah. They were, they were throwing. They were throwing, but... As as Joe in, implied there, uh, conditioning was an issue. Yeah. Uh, they got gassed uh, pretty early on. Um, I, I will say, though, that Tyson looked to be taking it much more seriously than his opponent. See, that's what I wouldn't yeah. be surprised with, where Vandy Holyfield's curled up in the corner saying, I thought this was a joke, and he's just, Tyson just <laughs> pounded on him. Um, as a near 60-year-old. I'm in my 50s. I could box full speed for 30 seconds. <laughs> and if I trained, maybe I could go a couple of minutes. So you don't know. Are these gloves heavier than they used to be? <laughs> Ew, this ring is extra large or something. Are we still doing three-minute rounds, or is this... What is this, seven minutes? <laughs> just standing there with their hands on their hips. Look at that. Oh, oh. Just their fingers up like, give me a minute. Oh. Looking at the timer guy. Hey, ring that bell, would you? Ring it. <laughs> they've, both corners have thrown in every towel they've got. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, March the 24th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Cucumbers, you sad, bland mother <laughs> If I didn't want to taste anything while I was eating, I would just get COVID. What was that? A cucumbers there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Little jab at cucumbers. So I heard the news uh, this morning. There are more efforts being made to claim that the recall election in California of Gavin Newsom is all about QAnon and anti-Semitism and three percenters or one percenters and Proud Boys and uh, anti-Semitism. Oh, where'd, that's the big, where'd that come No, from? that's the big one today. That's the big one today. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
<laughs> wow, they're running anything they can think of up the flagpole. So uh, we'll see if that works. How does mailbag look coming up? Oh, it's nice. It's good. It's 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 excellent. It's better than that stupid fight you're talking about. The gun debate is back. It would seem. Um, uh, nobody expects it to go anywhere unless the Democrats uh, decide that this is the reason for ending the filibuster, in which case you could pass anything with 50 votes, and uh, and uh, then lots of things could happen. So we'll, we'll get into the nitty-gritty and details of that coming up a little bit later. And the, the, the same old arguments are being used, but, you know, well, we'll address them again, I guess, um, and take a look at the border and all that sort of stuff. And Joe promises his mailbag is so entertaining. So. Oh, it's outstanding. Yeah. Our text line is uh, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some looks at the realities and falsehoods in the comparison of Florida, which didn't shut down, and a bunch of other states that did, which is pretty interesting. I hope we get a fair assessment of all this when it's over, in case we ever have to do it again. I doubt that we will. Um, Did you see the giant, one of the world's biggest ships got stuck sideways in the Suez Canal? One of, those, one of the most important shipping lanes in the world. Have you seen that picture? I have not. The ship is uh, 1,300 feet long. <laughs> That's a big ship. So, Turning radius on that thing. So it's you know more than four football fields long. And, uh, yeah, it, it reminds me of, oh, I did this just the other day at our farm. I uh, thought I could uh, turn the truck pulling the horse trailer around a corner, and I couldn't quite. And so I had to, like, do forward an inch, back an inch, forward an inch, oh, back an inch boy. until I got turned out of that situation. That's what they're doing with this giant ship. But meanwhile, there's a, uh, a a traffic jam of ships already very long because there's just constant cargo going through there, and this giant thing is stuck sideways, and they're trying to get it out. How the heck does that happen? Was the captain looking down at his cell phone or something, and he just drifted sideways? Probably texting his girlfriend. 1,300-foot ship watching a YouTube video? Exactly. What the hell? Mailbag. Whee! Boy, what an interesting thought we have for our freedom-loving quote of the day from the great Shelby Steele, writer, thinker, historian, Hoover Institution guy. I'll read it verbatim, then we'll discuss briefly. Without an ugly America to loathe, there is no automatic esteem to receive, thus liberalism's unrelenting current of anti-Americanism. What he's saying is... You receive automatic approval and esteem as if you've done something simply by saying how terrible this country is. Mm. That's your identity. You don't have to do anything or accomplish anything, and you certainly don't have to engage in an intelligent debate about a wonderful, if imperfect, country. I know a few people like that. Yeah, the knee-jerk loathing of your own country, it's just so obvious. It's so adolescent. It's so teenager saying... This place sucks. I mean, it, it is so adolescent. That's what bothers me about it, I guess. Anyway, moving along. Uh, Drew sent this along. Drew the Millennial, appreciated. Said, uh, guys, thought of this, uh, saw this, rather, thought of the show pretty good. Send it to Little D, maybe. Little D is actually coming for a visit tonight with her beau. Oh, boy. We have not met yet. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Big yes. enough deal to travel home with. Mm. That's a big deal. Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, anyway, the meme is uh, the portrayal of libertarians, and it's some guy saying, I think I should be able to own a nuclear weapon. 
And then actual libertarians, it's a forlorn-looking guy at a city council meeting saying, why can't I paint my own shed? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. That is pretty damned good. Never forget, permit is a noun and a verb. Why does the government have to permit you to do half the things you get a permit for? Fight the power. On the owning a nuclear weapon... I was listening to a bunch of YouTube videos uh, yesterday about the Second Amendment. Supreme Court justices arguing through the years and whatnot. Mm. Uh, not enough, enough emphasis is put on the word bear. Um, bear arms. So mm. you have to be able to carry the dang thing. They, they've decided that in the Supreme Court. So um, you couldn't probably couldn't carry a nuclear weapon. So that's, uh, among other reasons of its power, the fact that you can't carry it is not protected by the Second Amendment. What what about the vaunted suitcase nuke that we heard a lot about after 9-11? Because right. I've made yeah. that argument before. Well, you can't own a tank. So well, the, without getting into how powerful it is, you can't carry a tank. Keep and bear arms. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd take it that literally, but that's well, a really interesting sp- conversation. Antonin Scalia did. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm left. I'm still here. So... <laughs> You know what? Oh, wow. It's my turn. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. Survivalism? I don't know. That felt wrong. <laughs> I do. I feel feel like I've been a, a microaggressed or maybe, you know, or maybe I, even macroaggressed. I feel like it's evolution. Yeah. I have survived. The strong and significantly younger have survived. Yeah, there's not enough talk about macroaggressions. There's a fair number of those that happen. <laughs> nice note here from Imani. I was just listening to you guys. I uh, heard you going over the list of things that shouldn't be said. That was the Asigna Corporation, including brown bag lunch. I'm going to choose to believe you are joking. Ha, 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 ha. If you were actually serious, it might be time for me to begin walking into the woods until I reached a point where it was just me and the animals, because society has officially become too stupid to, for it to exist any longer. Thank you for the comedy bit. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Ha, That's ha, good ha. stuff. Uh, on the topic of dog mascots, greetings from Mission, Texas. Listen to your show via uh, iHeart uh, Radio Podcasts, one of uh, several means, but excellent. Heard what do you mention the lack of different dog mascots. Well, Brownsville has the St. Joseph Academy Bloodhounds. A little further north, you'll find the San Benito Greyhounds. Still further north, Harlingen is the home of the Marine Military Academy Leathernecks, where they have an English bulldog, mm. uh, etc. Bulldogs well represented all yeah. across the nation. I like the yeah. bloodhound as a mascot. That's good. Cool. Yeah. And the greyhound's pretty good, too, I suppose. But uh, there need to be more uh, dog mascots. Mm. You so need to be more like a dog. That's what I'm saying. The pugs. Exactly. No, Dang. not the pugs. The fighting pugs. <laughs> the snoring pugs. <laughs> the Poughkeepsie snoring pugs. <laughs> oh, so gross. How about this from uh, Drew? On mental health issues. As someone who works in the mental health uh, treatment industry, it perplexes me as to why the treatment of mental health doesn't seem to be a regular topic of discussion regarding mass shootings. Well, Drew, as you probably realize, it is here. But I'm in agreement with you, too, that these individuals are crazy by definition. With that being said, shouldn't we be treating the core issues? Yeah, and but it's, it's, it's much more difficult done than said. Um, at what point can you commit somebody? At what point are they a danger to themselves or others? Um, that's a tough one. So this uh, loser, murderous, crazy person in Colorado, his sister said he was a nice guy. <clears throat> his brother said he was paranoid and thought everybody was out to get him and thought his high school was spying on his Facebook page and just all kinds of stuff. Wow. So, sounds like paranoid schizophrenia or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was full-on mentally ill. 
Well, and you know what's really frustrating is that, uh, you know, every drug addict in the world can get some sort of help from the government on one level or another. But if you have schizophrenia, that, that's not available. Um, or it's not readily available. We do need to do a hell of a lot better as a society with mental health care. If I have pneumonia, I can get all the care I need for free. Yeah, if but, I have schizophrenia, no. But, but he might not have. He might not have felt like there was anything wrong with him. Then what? Do well, you that's do? true. Then that's what do you absolutely do? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough one. Uh, let's see. What do we have time for in a minute? How about this one? Uh, John writes, the guys, the white supremacist narrative on Asian violence, the left is desperate to push after Atlanta seems to be an effort to peel off one of the ethnic groups that have values that are well tailored for success in the USA as we know it. Education, family values, work ethic, etc., and more or less aligned with uh, those of a large portion of the white population. Well, I'd say it's a pretty large portion of a lot of populations, just not progressives. Progressives simply can't have that fact undercut the narrative that being non-white means you must be against an oppressive system that only works for one ethnic group, because it obviously works for lots of different people. That's true, yeah. So you have to peel off the Asians. Uh, so we will talk a little bit about the Second Amendment, because that's what stands in the way a lot of the gun uh, reform that they're talking about. <clears throat> and... Um... Uh, need to talk a little more about the mental illness and the role that it played in at least one of these shootings. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In my intention to go on with this show. Well, we're still waiting for more information regarding the shooter, his motive, the weapons he used, the guns. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future. We can ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country once again. So, um, unfortunately, there's a need, once again, to have the gun conversation come back to America. Will it end up in the same spot it does usually with nothing happening? Um, which most people, well, no, no, some people think is great. Some people think is awful. Yeah, I would reflexively answer yes, um, except that the Democrats are talking seriously about ending the filibuster, which is the only reason the Senate is not just a second House of Representatives. Um, and I, I don't think anything will change substantially in terms of the right to uh, to bear arms. There you go. Let's read the Second Amendment, but, shall but, but I think they will use the so-called crisis to grab more power and change the system in whatever ways they can think of. Before we get into uh, Joe running down what exactly is being proposed, let's uh, revisit the Second Amendment briefly as I went through some... Uh, studying yesterday, it uh, sickens me how often I've had to brush up upon all this stuff because there's some horrifying shooting or a series of them, like we've had two in a week now. The Second Amendment reads, A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the American people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. That's the whole thing. Now, why do I mention the commas? Well, There hasn't been very many Supreme Court 
rulings on the Second Amendment throughout history, and certainly not many in recent years. In 2008, they took up Heller versus Washington, D.C., and it was the first time in 70 years that the Supreme Court had really taken a look at the right to bear arms and what it meant. And they were looking at a law in Washington, D.C. that had been on the books for 30 years. And in Washington, D.C., at that time, you didn't have the individual right to own a gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, activists had been trying to challenge that for a while, and they finally found the right test case and got it through the courts. And lower courts had said, no, nope, individuals don't get to have guns. It's about militias. Militias, there is a reason to have a guns for a militia, but not uh, not for individuals. Well, it got to the Supreme Court, and on a 5-4 decision, that's how crucial one justice can be. Uh, They decide, no, individuals do get to own guns. And that is the major hurdle for the crowd that wants to do away with individuals owning guns is the Heller decision from 2008. And the voters were kind of interesting. The five four in uh, the five people that voted in favor of you can't say five four when the vote was five four. The five in favor (laughs) were Antonin Scalia passed. uh, Justice Thomas Kennedy gone. Roberts, I didn't realize Roberts was there in 2008. And yeah, he's been there a long time. And Alito. The people voting against it, Souter, Breyer, Ginsburg, and Stevens, their argument against was with the commas. It all came down to the commas. That's why I threw in the commas. A well-regulated militia being necessary, necessary to the security of a free state. The majority, the five that voted and said, you get to have a gun yourself personally, said those commas are important. They separate the militia part. From the from the uh, right of the people to keep and bear arms part. The other four, I mean, then, then this was the argument. This was the argument they were making in the Supreme Court. The other people were saying, no, no, the, the, the commas are saying, no, we're talking about a militia here as part of your right. It's the militia, not individuals. And there were five people that said, no, the commas separate them. And there were four people that said, no, the commas don't. And now an argument over punctuation. An argument over punctuation. And that's how we got to where we are. Um and uh, some people think that was clearly wrong, and plenty of lawyers think it was clearly right. But currently, you get to have, as an individual, a gun. It, but wanna... It's amazing that if it had gone the other direction at the Supreme Court level, i got to believe cities all across America, like San Francisco and places like that, would have outlawed you having a gun as an individual. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely true. Hey, I don't want to steal Pendulette's uh, thunder because we were just listening to this tape. Let's, uh, let's fire that up, Sean. Read the words. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Sure, you need an organized military force to defend your country. But the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the people in contrast with the militia it doesn't say the right of the militia to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed it says the right of the people now why the word people because the people who wrote this had just fought a war for two years against a tyrannical state militia they knew the time might come when they'd have to do that again so they made the possession of weapons a right that the militia could never take away now gun control advocates say the phrasing is clumsy and the comma Separating the state from the people is just a pause to get your breath. <laughs> Strange, they can't seem to point out any other places where those hack framers f***ed up the wording. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of good and smart people who disagree with Pendulette there. I happen to agree with him. I think he's absolutely right. 
I mean, TJ, especially Thomas Jefferson, he, he, he was so big on um, if the people fear the government, there's tyranny. If the government fears the people, there's liberty. If and, you know, he didn't mean literally always afraid like you're hunting down your local councilman. <laughs> but the government should understand the people are sovereign and can't be uh, subjugated even if they wanted to. And if, they want to. If there's one thing that I could ask the founding fathers that were involved in the writing this about, it would be this issue. I, I just I would love and giving them, you know, bringing them up to speed, which would take a while of modern society, modern weaponry modern weaponry the government has all that sort of stuff and then say okay is this still apply in the same way in your mind i would i'd love to hear that yeah yeah how fascinating would that be so uh joe biden was uh making tired old guy comments yesterday proposing a ban on assault weapons and high capacity ammunition magazines as well as an expansion of background checks during gun sales it is a fairly old and tired conversation as we've had it over and over again to my mind um and, and uh, you know, people of good conscience can differ on those ideas, and our elected representatives will get together and argue about it for a while, then pass something that will run up against the Second Amendment, as it always does. And and people who advocate for gun control will misunderstand the nature of guns and different sorts of guns and, and the rest of it. It's kind of a tired conversation. What The conversation that won't be had, and this has always frustrated the hell out of us, is to ask the question, because there were high school rifle teams back in the day. Kids had guns in their cars routinely. In my routinely. Un, in my unbelievably liberal town, I've heard about people I've heard from people that grew up there that yeah, that local high school in, in one of the most liberal towns in America. Um they had a, a high school rifle team and people had rifles in their trucks. Right. Driving around. And so that's the way I had, went to where I went to high school in Wisconsin or I went to grade school in Wisconsin. High school kids Actually had gun racks with rifles in them and their pickup trucks driving around. Yeah. yeah. So so Routine much of it is obviously cultural. Right. Why? Because there were crazy people then. There were angry people then. There were misfits then and the rest of it. What has changed? What in our society? What in our mental health? What in our media is is adding to the contagion? The contagion is fertilizing it. And, you know, it's, it has to do with the Overton window, which we've talked about a fair amount. I think the media benefits so much from these shootings. They promote them. They cover them. They turn the shooter in, in, into an anti-hero, a, almost a Batman villain. And they sell lots of commercials, and they have lots of viewers, and they make a big, big deal of it. And angry, alienated people start to think, okay, among my choices, that is one. In 1964, nobody thought that was a choice. It's unimaginable. Plus, I think we we're all a little more interwoven into our communities too, and you just—that's a complicated notion, and oh, yeah. uh, and and very difficult to prove. And and if it's true, uh, how do you turn it around? Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think there's something psychological going on. You know, the, the the gun issue is not irrelevant of which weapons and waiting periods and all that sort of stuff. No, that's not irrelevant, but. There is definitely something going on in terms of the the contagion of the attitude of doing this, but that's complex. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Although you know, if you're not asking the right questions, you'll never get the right of course answer. Not. I don't think. Of course uh, not. Do we do we have a second to play the Josh Hawley clip? I go back and forth on Josh Hawley. Super smart guy. Really interesting. I agree with him on lots and lots of stuff, but. He went a little nutty during the whole election thing, in my opinion. (laughs) 
Anyway, you look at what yeah. their gun control, all of their proposals come down to, we're basically heading towards a national gun registry. I mean, that's the only way to make effective the kind of so-called reforms that they want. It's to register every firearm in America. And you talk about an infringement on Second Amendment rights and what that will lead to. And we know they also want to confiscate guns. All the Democrat presidential candidates ran on that just last year. So that's what's really going on here. It's a massive, massive power grab. And it's, it's downright unconstitutional. I'm uh, I'm reminded. In fact, I was clicking around. I didn't find the numbers I wanted exactly. And, Do we still uh, have that Obama clip? I brought that up yesterday because I love that Obama clip, where he says he's going to take all the guns. Yeah. But anyway, back yeah. to you, Joe. Anyway, I was gonna I was clicking around trying to find the the numbers, and I'll I'll narrow it down. The internet's too big. It's too big. There are too many websites, and nobody ever cleans it out. <laughs> no. Anyway, the internet. Uh, that Joe's arg- Joe's uh, position for the day is the internet's too big. At the risk of sounding like some sort of paranoid militia guy, uh, which I am not, uh, governments murdered multiples of their citizens, their own citizens, more than died in warfare. Warfare can't hope to compete with governments snuffing out or starving or oppressing to death their own people. And so the idea that, well, you're just a paranoid nut. What, are you going to f- fight the government? Are you going to take on the cops, Joe? No, of course not. I'm actually a, a peace-loving human. But the idea that there's no risk of the government oppressing you and, and killing you, no, that's, that's like the leading cause of death in the last 150 years. That's number one, other than old age. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, don't act like it's some sort of fever dream of Thomas Jefferson in the 1700s that is irrelevant today. I feel like I'm in rare company. Maybe you just don't hear from these people who 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 can see, you know, that's a good point on this and that's a good point on that on all this gun stuff. Uh because people tend to to try to figure out which camp you in, you for taking them or keeping them. Period. Mm-hmm. But for instance, and you can't give an inch. When I heard that that guy in Atlanta, the scumbag who murdered those poor women, um, had bought the gun, what, that day or the day before, um, I thought, geez, you just you wonder if he'd have had to wait a week if, uh, if he'd have still been in the same mindset or something would have happened. Um, this other guy, he bought his gun, the, the guy, the murderous scumbag in Colorado, who I think is completely crazy. So, um, I don't know how, to what extent you hold crazy people accountable. But anyway, he, um, he bought his gun six days before, and uh, I heard on the news just six days before. Okay, just six days? What would be the right amount of time for you to wait? And now the other side of that argument is me. When the world was going crazy last summer after the George Floyd thing, and cities were, 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 were violent things were happening in cities all across America, and neighborhoods that had never seen violence were having people go down the streets and bust open their doors, I went to buy some ammunition, and I couldn't because there's some sort of freaking waiting period. You right. see, things can turn on a dime, various news stories can happen, and all of a sudden you need your gun, you need your weapons to protect yourself. The people who are telling you that you're not allowed to go buy a gun today or weapons uh, ammunition today, they live in uh, gated communities or have armed guards that follow them around. They have secret service protection, but they're telling me I can't decide today things are getting crazy, I want to have a gun. And simultaneously, they're telling the cops to stand down. Don't protect the city. Yeah. Don't protect the yeah, neighborhood. While the number one topic in America was defund the police, I had to wait 10 days to buy ammunition or whatever it was I was trying to buy. I mean, what the hell? Right. So it's a, it's a complex, uh, complex situation. 
Any comment? Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Go to the zoo and you guys can come with. You got it. What do we have now, class? A rhino, that's right. Oh, and do you see the orangutan coming? It's coming outside now. So, you guys would come on another virtual field trip with me? Awesome. That's a kindergarten kindergarten teacher who came up with the idea of uh, video and taping some stuff at the zoo to show the little kids, which is nice because yeah, he was FaceTime and it was live. Uh, it sucks for everyone. The whole distance learning thing, man. I saw some polling yesterday on that on what parents think, uh, how worried they are about their kids. Two thirds oh, of parents are quite worried about their kids falling behind. But anyway. I think maybe the worst grade, and every grade has an argument for it being bad. The, the kindergarten ones just kill me. I don't have a kindergartner, but I've heard from people, and just and I just remember what a magical year that was. Oh, just yeah. a magical year, and missing out on that. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, and you learn so much so quickly at that age. You can't replicate being five years old again the way the brain functions. It's brutal. Coming up next hour, the Wall Street Journal with a great piece on schools that have been open for months, months, and I mean open, open, and what they've learned and how they've functioned, what the results have been. Uh, you know, if you have to tune out now, number one, get the podcast later on demand at armstrongandgetty.com. But uh, the conclusion is, if your schools aren't open, it's because your teachers' unions are evil. You can absolutely have schools open right now if you have to tune out now take a look at your priorities how are you scheduling your life yeah Yeah. um uh, btw i'm gonna start speaking as i text btw no don't please um we got a ton of texts about the whole gun thing and we'll get to some of those later obviously we got a ton of texts about the whole gun thing here it comes everybody's guns are going to be taken away that's right you heard barack obama say it right there on the record. He went on the record. On the record. That's unfairly edited and uh, taken out of context. But we still what? like to play it, don't we? The federal government's about to take all your guns away. <laughs> oh, I really like that one with the music. Yeah, because it sounds more serious. Getting back to the vid and and the uh, changes it has wrought, at least temporarily, on our society. Although, again, to go back to being overly serious, the changes... No, not overly serious, just serious. Why am I arguing with myself, you might ask? I don't know. Do you? (laughs) The effects on kids could well be permanent, but um, Microsoft has just announced to its Seattle-area workforce, you can come back to the office if you want. They have 57,000 people in Redmond, Bellevue, and Seattle. 57,000? I can't even imagine what half of those people do. Well, they're engineers. I still can't imagine it. 57,000 people that almost all of them went into a workplace before the pandemic, and then almost all of them didn't afterwards? Wow, that's hard to imagine how many things that disrupted. 
Yeah, the executive Veep in that part of the country said, we've been closely monitoring local health data for months and have determined that the campus can safely accommodate more employees on site while staying lined with uh, Washington state capacity limits. They are going to Washington relaxed uh, coronavirus restrictions this past Monday, allowing indoor spaces to increase capacity from a quarter to a half. Microsoft, first major local employer to announce a general return to office. It is optional. It's worth pointing out. It's also significant because Microsoft was one of the first companies to send workers home 13 months ago, 12 months ago, an announcement that precipitated similar remote work policies from other local businesses. I don't think we know yet how many people actually want to work from home. I don't know. There's actually some really interesting stuff on that in this very article. Um and yeah, at the, first, the, the, I think there was a lot of, I think I like this better. I'm, not, I'm never going back. We're never, I'm not sure people still feel that way. I would agree completely. Microsoft paired the announcement of its return with a release of a report showing that for many, an end to full bore remote work cannot come soon enough. They surveyed more than 30,000 office workers in 31 countries, analyzed trillions of productivity and uh, labor pop up on my computer. Man, I would like to find this company, speaking of companies, and wring their necks. There, got rid of it. Uh, Found that 65% are craving in-person FaceTime with their teams. Remote employees also reported being overworked and exhausted, though managers said their teams were more productive than ever. See, that, that, that might be the interesting thing. Originally, I think we thought it was going to be more of the employees like it and want to stay home. And the employer's got to figure out how to, what, how to make people, you know, there'll be competition to get the employees. So maybe you'll have to let them stay at home. It might end up being the other way around. The employers are saving so much money on getting rid of office space that they're forcing you to stay home and you don't want to. Plus, you're working late into the night and your boss is happy as it can be. Right, exactly. Armstrong and Getty.